In today's show, we're looking back on the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Talking Timberwolves. It's the 18th of April, so I don't know what the Timberwolves' first series, first round series look like against the Memphis Grizzlies. They're 1-0 up at the moment, which is obviously a great start. We're going to be looking back on their regular season, though, and talking about the value of what happened fantasy-wise there. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This team, the Wolves, better than most expected, I guess. 46 and 36, well above 500. They have four upcoming picks. Only one of them is solid, and that's pick 18, their own first rounder. They have pick 40, 49, and 51. Mock draft on Tankathon has them picking Kendall Brown, Jaime Yaquez Jr., Alondez Williams, and Matteo Spagnolo from Italy. All right, that's cool. Off-season, actually, let's look more at the team. Who would they, honestly, after January onwards, are unbelievable. Eighth on offense, 13th on defense. They really started to click. That's what they were able to give the Grizzlies. Yeah, take that first game off them. And they might have won the first round series by all for all I know from now. Like they could very easily be there. In terms of the offseason, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince is an unrestricted free agent. I think he's been pretty solid for them next season. They won't have to pay 13 million a year to get him back. That's what his contract was this year. But as a backup for three sort of a player who pushed his way into the rotation ahead of Josh Kogi, yeah, he's interesting. Speaking of a Kogi. He is a restricted free agent. He was in and out of the rotation, mostly out all season. Um, he's a guy that just really struggles offensively. But I don't think that Akogi's you know, any sort of big priority to bring back. They're these sort of guys who just struggle so much offensively. I worry that's where someone like Isaac Okoro is going. Um, I don't know about the value there. Jake Lehman, unrestricted. He just didn't play. He showed some flashes a couple of years ago. He's seems pretty cooked at this point. Jalen Noel and Naz Reed both have $1.9 million team options. I thought they're both good enough that they'll pick those up. They're both only 22 as well. They were pretty strong this year. Greggy Munro signed in late or signed on late in the season. Do I still have my Greg sound? I don't think I do. Is this it? As Greg runs in, we realize this could get dangerous. Oh, yeah, there it is. Um, yeah, I don't think so for him. Nathan Knight and McKinley Wright. McKinley Wright we just never saw. And Nathan Knight showed some flashes in Atlanta two years ago. He was pretty rough most of this year when he was um, on the court. So they don't have much to go on there free agency-wise. It's really just, do they bring back Torian Prince? You know, Akogi's not really um, a deciding factor on anything I, I wouldn't have thought anyway when looking at you know, the value of this team and their strengths moving forward. Let's look now, though, at some of the players on this team. Carl Anthony Towns. He was drafted at pick number eight. He was the 8th-ranked player this year. He was 12th in points leagues, averaging 45 fantasy points. He averaged 24.5 and 10, 
Three and a half assists, a steal, 1.1 blocks, 53 and 82. One of the big reasons he's great in category leagues is the big percentages. Normally, he's a very poor steals guy, but that jumped up. We would hope at some point he could be better at blocks. And he showed that in his like, rookie year, but it's just never been the same since. And he's never a guy that doesn't feel like he's ever going to push into this gigantic 30 usage. He's got 28 usage, pretty big. But with Edwards and Russell around, he's going to hover around this number for a while. He's fairly reliable. People were honestly just like, I'm not drafting him because of injuries, which is insane. He plays 74 games. He's pretty reliable in what he brings. Um, now His advanced stats were pretty strong. Didn't lead the team in Raptor but did in EPM, was right at the top of the league there. You know, 65 true shooting, 59 E field goal is really strong. Hit his mid-ranges, hit his threes at 41%, hit at the rim, rebounds well. There's more in him. Um, I think he can block more shots, and I think he can get more assists. I just don't, at this point in his career, I think we're sort of settled where he is. He's 26, four more years at this level, I would guess, and then maybe a drop-off into the second round. So a really solid First round fantasy talent that is just going to be this guy most of the time. His big issue is defense, of course, and he doesn't really bring it defensive stats wise, and that's an issue for the Wolves. He's a big negative, or not a big, he's a solid negative on that end. But overall, this is not a lot to talk about with him fantasy wise. Really, really strong first round pick, pick him at five or six. I think you'd be pretty happy with the results that you get out of him. Great goose. Anthony Edwards, second-year player. He's still only 20. 34 minutes, 72 games. He had a knee problem towards the end, which was a little bit of a worry, but he looks to be okay there. 21 points, five rebounds, four assists, 1.4 steals, 44 and 79, 36% shooting from three. 44th-ranked player, ADP was 44. I was no problem taking him end of third round through to end of fourth, anywhere in that area, and that's the value he provided. Points leagues, he was at 47, averaging 36 fantasy points. He was... Really good. He didn't fully bring the value that he brought over the last two months of last season into this year. He was sort of somewhere in between, but he was much better than his overall production as a rookie. Advanced stats were pretty strong on him. He was 87th percentile in the NBA, ranked 65th overall in EPM. Good wins added player. Um, He's finishing at the rim, needs a lot of work still. His mid-range shooting was pretty bad. He didn't take many of them, which is good. He's still still got a lot of room to improve efficiency-wise. I like the fact that he's getting steals. He blocks some shots. He gets some assists. That all helps his fantasy value. And I think he's going to be a guy that when we look at, you know, 44th ranked player this season, I think that that's going to step up. He went from a rookie averaging 17, no, sorry, 19 points to 22. He took his field goals from 42 to 44. His assists went from 2.9 to 3.8. The next step there is to take that 44 field goal and the 79 free throw, which, by the way, over the last month was at 87%. Over the last 21 games was 84%. So I think we pencil him in, and his field goal percentage is way up there as well. I think we can pencil him in as a 46% shooter, 83 from the line, maybe higher. Over his last 13 games, he was at 50 and 87, which is a true shooting of 63%. He was a top 25 player in that time on 26 usage. He has got plenty of room to grow. Usage can go up, and I am very confident efficiency goes up, and I'm very confident he averages more than four assists per game next season. 44th-ranked player this year. I don't think there's any way you let him out of the third round. And in fact, if you wanted to reach into the top 30, I don't think it's going to be incorrect. 
if he was a top 18 player next season, I pulled 18 firmly out of my anus. But if he's a top 18 player next season, don't be surprised with it. It's not hard to get there. It's 44 to 46. It's 78 to 85. It's 21 points to 25 points. It's 3.8 assists to 4.8 assists. That's all it is. And that's where he goes. So I really, really think the upside's pretty big. I wasn't massive. Oh, actually, I didn't like him at all, really. As a draft prospect, I worried about his shot selection. His defense was atrocious. His efficiency was off, but he's been great. And I'm really excited to see where he goes in the NBA. His advanced stats are all pretty strong as well. Defensively, he's got a bit of room to grow, but yeah, I, I can see where this goes for him. I can well, it's uh, I can't see where it goes, but I can see the the direction it's heading, and it's pretty bloody positive at this point. If I wanted a path for my car, though, I know where the pretty bloody positive place to go would be. It wouldn't be to a local chain auto parts store. It would be Rock Auto. Why would I go to one of those stores? Line up, spend more money, have to wait to talk to a bloke who's going to just talk down to me and then selling me something that the only brand his warehouse carries? That's ridiculous. Rock Auto is an online family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you need for your car or truck. So go and check out all of those parts, everything that you need, at the website, rockauto.com. And when you go to put those things into your, into your car, which you definitely will, in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right, locked on, so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's talk about D'Angelo Russell. 58th ranked player this year. His ADP was 69, so he beat that number. He was 58th in points leagues, but as usual, injuries, a little bit of a problem. Not too bad. Only missed 17 games, played 65, 32 minutes. 18, 3, and 7 with a steal. 41 and 83. Point guards are always hard to get in drafts. 69 was always way too low for him. Um, but you've got to have to deal with his efficiency. Good that he's got his free throws back up. That's encouraging. He's never going to be a high steals guy or rebound guy, but points, assists, threes, good free throws, really good combination for him this season. Russell was 58th in points leagues. I think I mentioned that already. His advanced stats aren't usually quite as good, but offensively, he was a pretty big positive, more so than Anthony Edwards on Raptor. Defense is where the issue really lies with him, but he was still, I thought, overall a pretty strong season. Efficiency is an issue here. 50 E field goal percentage is not good. 54 true shooting is not good. Didn't, doesn't really get to the rim at all. And he's not a bad, well, he's not a great finisher, not a bad finisher, but just not good shooting numbers across the board and a horrific rebounder. But still, one of his most successful seasons. He's only 26. The defense I don't think is ever going to be good, but sort of fitting in where he needs to. Now, when I look at Edwards and go, I know these numbers can improve, I don't look at Russell's and go, they, there's a big path for improvement here. I don't see that. I think he worked pretty well playing alongside Patrick Beverly as well. And it didn't really hurt his assist numbers or anything. Yeah, I don't look at that and go, well, he can get back to being a 22-point scorer or nine assists or 1.5 steals. I think this is just who he is. A 45, let's say, to 70 ranked player for the next three to four years. I think age 30, he'll be done as a high-end fantasy contributor. Again, his advanced numbers were pretty good. They weren't, they weren't blow you away good. He did take some big steps forward this year, though, so that's a good trajectory to go on. He was a plus 3.2 on court, three, uh, on off, sorry. Anthony Edwards is 3.4, Towns is 6.3, so big numbers from those guys. I just thought it was an encouraging season from D'Angelo Russell. Patrick Beverly, frustrating player, wasn't he? 
When he was getting 29 minutes a night, he was a clear top 100 guy, but through injuries, he only played 58 games and ejections and foul trouble and whatever. He only ended up with 25 minutes. 121st ranked player. He's not a good points league guy, although he was 117th there. He's a guy that if you do have him in category leagues, you've got to be worried about your percentages. 41 and 72 he shot. He averaged nine points. The value comes from 1.2 steals. It's a block. It's 4.6 assists and it's four rebounds. So some good numbers in those areas. But he did drop off as the season went on. He had a nice little stretch where he was must roster and that, that did drop off as the season went on. He led this team in Raptor. He's third on this team in EPM. He's second on this team in, in LeBron. He's third on this team in DPM. He's just a gigantic, massive contributor. And you know how they got him in a trade? For Jarrett Culver. We can praise a lot what Memphis does. That is, that's insanity. For Jarrett Culver. J- Jarrett Culver. Beverly is, I won't say he's the reason, but if they didn't have him, they're not anywhere near as good. The, he's not the key piece, but he's a bloody important one. How they look to replace him in the future, I don't know. But he was super important in the games that he played. He's 34, though. I won't be drafting him next season in 12-team leagues. He'll be a guy that you use off the wire. Um, but if he had to play 28 a game this year, he, he would have easily been top 100. And then when he started to get rolling, he played that, and then he would get hurt, and then something else would happen and drop him down. And that's where the numbers really started to fall off. It's a plus two on-off as well. So yeah, a positive, which is always encouraging. Jared Vanderbilt Bar had inconsistencies. 130th ranked player. 25 minutes, 7 and 8 he averaged. 1.3 steals, 0.6 blocks, 59 and 66. We know what he is. A rebounder, one of the best in the NBA. Good steals guy. 1.3 is great for a power forward. And 59 from the field is really good. But he doesn't score, doesn't hit threes, no assists, and bad free throws. Points leagues, 140th. Not that good. Was he a guy to bother drafting? Probably not. But is he a guy that can fit on certain teams? Yes. He was third on this team in Raptor. Fourth in EPM. His defensive metrics are huge. His offense is, a, is a, it's bad. But they have to play him because of the struggles of Edwards. Not Well, not as much Edwards. Towns, mainly, and Russell. He has to be out there getting minutes. But he's never going to push into a gigantic role. I love what he does rebound-wise. It is super strong. He's like 93rd percentile offensive rebound rate, 90th percentile defensive rebound rate. Good steal, Great steals guy, 92nd percentile. His defense is 95th percentile overall on EPM. Just big numbers defensively. But offense is, is a real struggle for him. He is, what, 23? So he's still young. I, I don't really... Well, could he average 1.5 steals, one block, 58%, 10 boards, nine points? If they played him 28, but it would really, you'd really struggle to get by him getting those minutes every game. And he did suffer some pretty significant drop-offs as the season went on. I do think they would love to get Jaden McDaniels into that role more, but because of the defense, defensive issues of Towns, Vanderbilt needs to play a role there. But it's just going to be, it feels like just a minute share between those two guys. And that's probably going to put a, a handbrake on their overall upside. Let's talk about McDaniels now, who was a popular sleeperish sort of pick at 123. The thing I worried about with him was, is when is he ever going to get a shot? Next to Russell, Towns, Edwards, when is he ever going to shoot the ball? And I'm not actually sure his defensive stats would be good enough. Well, that's basically what turned out happening. 
He was fine to take. He'd take those flyers at the end, but I didn't, some people were going like 90s for him, and I, I didn't buy that, obviously. Played 70 games. He had some really strong defensive metrics, <clears throat> but offensively, he still struggles. The shot's not there. He started to come on towards the end of the year, but suffered that bad ankle injury. 9-4, and four, 0.7 steals, 0.8 blocks, 80 from the line. There's encouraging things here. While I said I like Vanderbilt's defense, and I do, McDaniels is only 21. And if he takes a big third-year leap, and becomes a really solid defender who <clears throat> says I choke. He, as he becomes a solid, a really good defender with a dependable outside shot, he he is I, I, Vanderbilt will never be a thirty-three minute a night guy. McDaniel's could be. His next year, the year he takes that step forward, I reckon it might be. I'm very interested. I will definitely take draft him ahead of Vanderbilt, even though Vanderbilt finished comfortably ahead of him in fantasy rankings this year, because that upside of McDaniel's is higher. He's got that offensive ability. Interestingly. Um, the LeBron metric hates him. He's so low there because of how bad they think his defense was. And Darko, also pretty down on him. Really, really low numbers. Whereas EPM and Raptor really likes him. That's something to take into consideration. He was also a negative 4.3. A 4.6, sorry, while Vanderbilt was 5.3 positive. So they were much better with Vandy versus when they were with McDaniels. I think there is a big step forward coming, but I wouldn't invest a huge pick. And I don't think he could ever be top 60, consistently top 90 for three or four years, I think that's possible. It's one to watch. Naz Reed's only 22. He's a 240th ranked player this year. We saw when he has to give starts in place of Towns, he can put up some good numbers. He ended up with eight and four in 16 minutes with a block on 49 and 77. The problem him is he's a center and he's a just inefficient shooter. He will bang some threes. He hit 34% of them, but he takes a lot of shots from out there. A lot. Mid-range, horrible, but decent enough finisher at the rim. Defensively, he's okay. I wouldn't say he's a great defender. I'd say he's okay. Good shot blocking sort of player. Nice backup center. Some room to grow. Maybe he could be a starter for some teams. Wouldn't be excited if he was my starting center. But heading into his third season as an undrafted player, they should pick up that team option for him. And yeah, he'll be in this sort of area again next year. It's just never going to happen for him while Towns is on the team or while he's on this team to be more accurate. But he's a strong backup to Carl Anthony Towns. I think that's useful. BetOnline is also useful. BetOnline.net is your number one source. Follow your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including the basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. The Timberwolves are in the playoffs. They're still going or not, I don't know. But if they are, you can check all of their odds over at Bet Online. Is your continued source Bet Online for all of your sports wagering information from live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's talk about Malik Beasley. I thought he was pretty disappointing. Again, I don't think he's very good. I never really have thought he was very good. He played 25 minutes a night, 12 points with three threes. He can hit threes. He's a great three-point streaming option. But the lack of everything else is a problem. Two re- three rebounds, one and a half assists, half a steal, 39 and 82. He shot 38% from three. He needs to be a 42% three-point shooter to really have an impact. Offensively, he can be an impact player. He's just really bad defensively and really bad at doing anything that doesn't involve three-point shooting. Can't finish at the rim, can't get to the rim, bad mid-range shooter below average efficiency, doesn't really get to the line ever, bad rebounded, not a good passer, not a good defensive player. 
And I'm not really sure any of that stuff ever changes. If you need someone to fill in as a starter, yeah, he can help out. Sit in the corner, spot up, take some shots. He had some little runs where he had outsized usage and would put 20 points up with five or six triples and it made him look good. But one of those players that I will constantly warn against, it's a little Gary Trentish, although Trent added the steals. If you're not getting the ball a ton with high usage and shooting well, what are you doing? And Beasley's answer is nothing. So when the opportunity decreases because other better players are in front of you, you have no way of contributing and you look lost out there. And that's it's basically what happened to Malik Beasley this season. He just he could step up at times, but the inconsistency was a major problem. He was a negative on-court presence as well. Torian Prince, 28 years old, 17 minutes, 7 points, 45% shooting, 38 from 3, just solid. Had some moments where he could be a 12-team streamer when guys were injured like McDaniels or Vanderbilt was out. He'd play over them at times. They'd run three-man power forward rotation sometimes. He's a solid backup three as well. I don't think there's much upside in what Torian Prince can do. He's sort of doing what he does, and that's be a bit of an outside shooter, an overrated defender, although I think that's the reputation's caught up to where he actually is on that end now. And he's just solidly average, who can come in and give you a little bit of a spark, but it's just not reliable enough. Nothing about his advanced numbers stand out as anything we need to look at and go, well, they'll maybe need to give him a bigger chance. He's just okay. I like Jalen Noel, though. 16 minutes a game, 8 points, 1-3. I thought they erred in not giving him a bigger role. In fact, they took him out of the rotation at one point. I think I think he might be a better player than Malik Beasley. He's three years younger, two years younger. He shot 48% from the field, 39% from three. Pretty decent self-created stuff. Defensively, he is a disaster, but he can handle the ball, which is something that Beasley can't. And if Beverly or Russell are out, I like Noel in that rotation, more so than even Jordan McLaughlin. I'm just, I've just got a little bit of faith in Noel becoming a solid seventh man at some point. Short period of time, like not for a long period ongoing, this is guy's a legend, but he took big steps forward this season. I didn't like how he was used down the stretch, but I thought there were enough positives there for me that he finished 314th this year, that you know he will have some top 250, top 200, maybe top 150 seasons. I could see him in a different scenario, getting a 27-minute-a-night roll, averaging 16, 3, and 4 with two and a half threes and doing it pretty efficiently. I like what I saw from him. McLaughlin had a few good moments as well. It's just all assists over him. It's still a game, 2.9 assists in 15 minutes. Didn't shoot the ball well. He's a low-usage player. Um, he's good when you need just someone to come in and he can hold his own defensively, but he's extraordinarily low usage. He's not the most efficient scorer or shooter when he's out there. He's just solid enough. But yeah, that's good to have that solid player. It's good that he's... If you had your backup guard rotation of McLaughlin and Noel, I think that's pretty solid. Even more so than your Beasley. Although you know, it's going to be hard to move on from Beasley given his contract. What is it? He's got 15 million next season. And then, oh, actually a team option after that of 16 and a half, which I'm sure they would decline. I thought there was something there from McLaughlin, but he is 26 already. Not like he's got huge growth to come. Josh Kogi, he's only 23. He averaged 10 minutes in 49 games, two points. His defensive numbers on Raptor are out of control, plus 6.1. It means he's a plus two overall. His offense is atrocious, but that defensive number is so outsized. I'm skeptical that that's his actual value because again, you look on the other sides, he's nowhere near that. But he's 98th percentile EPM, defensive EPM just that his offense is fifth percentile. That is such a stark difference. Like, how do you play a guy 
that just you can't do anything offensively. Defensively, really good. You can chuck him out there in, in, in patches to help defend, but overall, you know, offensively, it's just really tough. But defensively, he's strong. Really strong. Very, very, very good. Just doesn't translate really to fantasy. And the other guy, their first round pick from a couple of years ago, Leandro Balmaro came over. He only played seven minutes a night. That's not really, it's not enough to, to gather much from. Um, I thought that he played, I thought he played decently in the G League at times. He came up, he did have, I think, one or two starts this year. In the G League, he averaged, let's say, where am I? 14 points, shot 27% from three. Five rebounds, six assists, 1.4 steals. He's got the size to be a ball handler, big guard type, like a Lamelo ball size player, six foot seven. But in defensively, I think he's going to be good. Offensively, there's a little bit of a way to go. I'm not ruling him out. Let's see if he can crack the rotation next year. I'm not writing his career off at all. The offensive part of the game, though, is... He's absolutely a concern. Jake Lehman, Nathan Knight, McKinley Wright. We saw like 15 minutes of McKinley Wright this season and that torn UCL kept him out basically all of the season. So we look at this. I think Towns is a pretty solid guy where he is. Edwards, real high upside. Russell, about solid. Beverly will, will start to drop. I think McDaniels has got some upside there, but it's going to depend really. I'm not not needs to become more reliable offensively and get a bit more defensive stats going. Reed, I'm, um, he's fine as a backup. Beasley, I'm out on. Interested in Noel. I think there's some upside in him as well. And if a Kogi can just develop below average offense instead of worse in the league offense, he could be a player. I don't think he will be. I don't think he will develop that. And I don't think they'll even bother bringing him back for anything more than a league minimum. Which would be sad, but oh well. Guys, that'll do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.